Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Another heartbreaker for the Jaguars this time in London. They fall to two and six on the season, five straight losses. Another tough outing for Trevor in this one. Every one of these six losses that we've talked about here, they've been by one score or less. It's tough stuff. Clay, how are we doing this Monday morning? Not good, Jordan. This has been a tough, you know, a tough week here. Um, just the way they, they're losing, you know, you're, you're up and it, it looks like you're about to run away with the game. And then you have the one critical error that changes the game again. It seems like the same story, the same song and dance. And the toughest part is it looked identical to the play at Houston. I said, was this a rerun? Because I saw this before. So obviously there's some things you got to clean up as a team, but I think we're going to get into more of a big picture talk here today, but tough game. It had to be a long flight back from London. I made that flight three times as a player, Um, one win, two losses. When you lose and you come back from London, that's a tough one. You start thinking about everything. You have to look at yourself really hard in the mirror. So hopefully they can get back on track, but uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like, It'll at least happen to the point this year where they'll be able to get back into the playoff race or anything like that. But uh, could we just win a damn game at this point? We'll see. But yeah, we are going to talk some more bigger picture stuff today because I think just going over the same in-game storylines every week, starting to feel a little bit stale when you talk about this Jaguars team. So we'll take more of a macro look at this thing today. We've also got the trade deadline coming up Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll talk about that as well, see if the Jaguars might potentially be in on any any more trades after trading James Robinson, obviously, last week. Jets needed a, needed a running back. Jaguars were happy to oblige. And then you see what Travis Etienne does. So we'll, we'll talk about all that. You can follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself, at Jordan DeLugo. And make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. All right, so... Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. This is where the meat of the conversation going on around the Jaguars is right now. Obvious for obvious reasons, right? Trevor Lawrence is your first round pick quarterback, first overall pick quarterback in 2021. Doug Peterson's the offensive play caller, the head coach. You know, it's been up and down so far in in year one of this thing with Trevor and Doug. Where where are you at on this pairing so far? I'll be honest. Um, I don't. Uh, Trevor hasn't looked good these past couple of weeks, and he keeps making these mistakes, these game-altering mistakes. Yeah, I know he's it's, he's only in his second year, and he's young, mm-hmm. and I still believe that he's he's a good quarterback. He, I don't, but I don't know if he's going to be elite. I don't know if if he keeps making these these errors, if he keeps making these mental lapses, if your judgment is it just keep you're not improving. You got to show me some improvement, some progression, and he's not showing that. And he's making the same the same plays over and over again. And Doug Peterson, I love him as a head coach, but I, I sometimes he, some of the calls are baffling to him. You're at the one yard line; it's first and goal. Right? You run the ball in. I know yeah. you're, you're calling plays like you have an elite quarterback that you can trust to make the right decision 
And obviously right now, he's not making those decisions. If he's not making those decisions, you've seen what happened in Houston. You have to know that there's a possibility that that could happen. He could throw an interception when you got all the momentum. I know you want to give him an opportunity, throw the ball in. It looks good in the stat book. It looked good, good in the, you know, in the rerun. You got another passing touchdown, but he hasn't proven that he can do that right now. And you cost yourself a game. And the difference between three, you know, three and five and and, and two and six is big. I mean, right now you're you're pretty much putting yourself. I mean, you're dead to rights unless you just pull off a miraculous run for the playoffs. So I just use that as an example of why Doug, his play calling has been interesting. He ran the ball more. We've been we've been calling for it. I mean, it was a balanced game. And after that interception in the in the red zone, in the goal line, you could see that Trevor Lawrence to me looked like he wasn't as confident. He wasn't as confident he was before that play. And usually he's been able to come back and then start slinging the ball right away. But I say all that to say that Doug needs to really work on his play calling and he wants to call a game a certain way, but I'm not sure he has the personnel to do that. So I like Doug, you know, obviously I don't want to say, Hey, after, you know, you know, eight games, we got to get rid of Doug, but you're two and six. Trevor Lawrence has regressed. He started look, he was looking good early. He's regressed. And obviously you still got you got faith in Trevor, number one overall pick. But it's concerning. It's very concerning. Yeah. yeah, so I agree on some of those points. I do think right now there's a disconnect between the way Doug and even Mike Caldwell on the defensive side of the ball are calling games and the talent level or or the performance level of the players on the team doug is calling it like you said as if he has peyton manning or um name superstar quarterback in the backfield right now slinging the rock and that's just not where trevor lawrence is right now we're well aware of that and so it's not only trevor making the same mistake it's doug making the same mistake putting him in the same position when you're talking specifically about that goal line play that was so reminiscent of what you saw in Houston. And uh, yeah, you know, if you have a team that is not executing in a certain way, especially playing against a Denver Broncos defense that has the best secondary in football in a condensed uh, portion of the field, because you're at the one yard line. Yeah. Why not run it? But I I will say this to, to Doug's defense, there is absolutely no reason for Trevor Lawrence to put that ball out there like that. That play is is supposed to be an easy play to not have a big mistake on because you're either throwing it to the open man, and if there's not an open man, you can just throw it out of bounds. Sail it. Um, and so if you're going to throw it to someone, it needs to be where only your receiver can get it or it's going out of bounds. That's the bottom line, and, and that's not what Trevor Lawrence has been doing in those situations. Um, not enough at this point, so yeah. Why aren't we running the ball when it's it's second down, right? And then you get a first down, actually. And so you have all these opportunities to just run the ball in, and you're not not taking advantage of it enough, in my opinion. Uh, but it is what it is um, in terms of where Trevor Lawrence is at. And when you say he's not progressing, I think in reality it's that he's not progressing fast enough. 
um, for yeah. a lot of people to, to be getting excited about it. Because you have seen progress throughout the 2022 season from Trevor Lawrence. But progression isn't always a steady, a steady line, right? Sometimes progression, you get better, then you plateau. You get better, then you plateau. Maybe you take a step backwards, which I think certainly yesterday's performance was a step backwards for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Those two interceptions were unacceptable. But overall, I, I still have a lot of confidence in where this thing is going to be with Doug and with Trevor. Because I, I will say this about Doug. He's not taking anything away from Trevor. He's putting it all on him. And I think Doug's philosophy on that is that Trevor Lawrence, when this team is ready, is going to be more ready to be a Super Bowl contending type of player than if we're just sitting here and babying him with running the ball more and not putting it on his shoulders. He's putting it all on his shoulders right now. Yeah, and he's definitely – I mean, if, you, if you're comparing him to last year, I mean, he's, he's much better. And yeah. he's, he's improved greatly, but obviously he's got a better team around him this year. But, I mean, you know, like 10 touchdowns, six interceptions – 1800 yards we're almost and he's mid- got like three rushing touchdowns as well yeah so i mean we're i mean he's he's improved and there's no doubting that it's just what we saw at the beginning of the year to what made us hope that this guy was going to make this huge quantum leap to go to a guy that's elite already in his second year and i think realistically that's hard to do so i especially think especially when year fun. one was so bad there was I don't yeah. think anything positive came of it from from Trevor Lawrence's perspective. I really don't. No, it, it's difficult. And now you're starting to see a run game around him. You start you, obviously you brought in some some receivers with with Kirk and I still think you know everybody everybody sees it that you need a big time number one receiver. But I mean you you paid Christian Kirk all that money. I mean how much more money can you put into the receiver room? Yeah, and you're not you're paying Zay as well, not as much, but you're paying yeah. him eight million per year as well. So that's twenty four million between yes. two receivers. You got to look at the numbers there. I know Duvall wants a, a big time. We need a big receiver. When you paid Christian Kirk what you paid him, you were saying this guy is your number one receiver, and then you paid Zay Jones saying this guy is your number two receiver, and Marvin Jones. Uh, I don't know what his contract, how many years are left on Mar- Marvin's He's deal. He's done after this year. Yeah, so you're, you're going to bring in another receiver, but I'm not sure it's going to be a big-name guy. And if you look at free agency, there are none. There's no big-name stud receivers out there in free agency like there were last year. So this this year, next year, you're not going to see Trevor Lawrence, you know, coming here with somebody like A.J. Brown, like the Philadelphia Eagles were able to get, unless it's via a trade like the Eagles did yeah. or via – you know, some other route like that, the draft maybe. Mm-hmm. But as far as this trade for agency, you're not going to happen. So this is what Trevor has. You're saying, oh, he needs a big receiver in the red zone. He's probably not going to get that. You could possibly do a trade during the draft, but you got to realize what you got in your roster. This is who he's throwing the ball to. Evan Ingram is stepping up as a tight end. Obviously, he's a free agent after the year. Maybe you go after a big-time tight end. But offensive line is one of the best in the league in pass protection. He's getting time to throw. So this is this is one of the reasons why it's it's a little frustrating with Trevor. Obviously, he, he could have more help around him, but he's got a good old line. 
You look at his run game right now, 156 yards and dang near seven yards of carry. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, that's that's help. He's not get, he's not running for his life like some of these quarterbacks are out there. He's getting to set his feet and make throws. So this is squarely on Trevor Lawrence. You can't say, oh, his offensive line is his running game, and he's on Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, you can say the receivers and Trevor Lawrence. I think that's fair. Yeah, there, there have they, been a number of drops this year. And yesterday, that was there too. They were dropping yeah. the football yesterday as well, unfortunately. So it is what it is in that regard. I do think, though, even if it's not easy to find that player this offseason, the Jaguars have to try to find that player this offseason. Yeah. Um, whether it is, like you said, via trade for a veteran who's established or whether it's a, a big-time draft pick, first or second round, whatever it is, you've got to find somebody who can – who can be a ball winner, someone who Trevor can just feel confident when I throw the ball to this player, they're going to come down with it. He does not have that right now. Um, yeah. Now, now we can cut the, uh, you know, cut the doom and gloom out for a moment. And I yeah. don't think it's doom and gloom around here for the record. I do think Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson are going to get it figured out at some point. Is that in 2022? I don't know. And if, the, if it looks like this in 2023, then I think you can start saying, okay, do we really need to blow this thing up? Like, what's going on here? But it's still, it's too early. It's just too early for, for me to be out on this pairing. But positive look at this thing. Travis Etienne, how many running backs would you want in the NFL right now if you had to step on the field and play a game tomorrow more than Travis Etienne? That's, that's the good news. If I was doing a good news, bad news situation, the good news is, I think you found an absolute superstar, game-breaking running back that can catch the football, that's fast, that's quick, that can do everything you want him to do. And he's even running with some power. Travis Etienne, in my opinion, right now is a top-five running back. And I wouldn't be surprised if next season he comes back and he's the best running back in the league. That's how good Travis Etienne is. That is is the good news for the Jaguars. Obviously, the bad news is you need – some help on this team. And next year you're going to be strapped with the salary cap. You made a bunch of big signings this year. A lot of guys you're stuck with. If you want to get rid of them, I'm sorry. You're stuck with them. The salary cap. Yeah, the 2021 guys are the ones you might be able to ship off this year. Yes, there are. There are some of those you can, you can save some cap space by that. But Travis Etienne to me looks like a bona fide superstar. And I think he will be for a number of years in this league. He does, and what was so impressive to me yesterday was not necessarily just him running the ball, which is always impressive. Like It always looks good when the ball is in his hand for the most part. Um, It was, all right, James Robinson's gone. It's all on me now, and I have to be able to get the job done in pass protection. I have to make sure I'm catching these passes out of the backfield. I have to make sure I'm doing everything the right way, and I think he did that in a big way in his first official game as the Jaguars go to back. Um, and I think that's the most impressive because you had seen some inconsistencies from him in the pass catching department, you know, with ball security, with pass protection. Um, so for him to clean all those up in one week when he knows he has to, because James is gone now, I was impressed by that. Yeah. He knew that he knew the game was going to be squarely on his shoulders and he handled it. And he, he stepped up and he had a heck of a game. He showed he can do that. He could be a guy that gets all those carries and still and still run like he was running his first carry. So you love to see it. 
a lot of guys might slow down, you know, end of the game, you're getting 20 plus carries. It's hard to do, not him. He played through it. He played well and very impressed with ETN. Yeah. So now we're going to keep talking about the offense a little bit here, but I'm going to switch gears and we're going to talk about the right tackle spot. Because like I said, we have the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, November 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I'm really curious about what you think about how do the Jaguars handle the Jawan Taylor slash Walker little situation? Because the way I look at it, just before I get into what I think they should do, if you're not going to re-sign Jawan Taylor following this season, because his contract is expiring, right? If you're not going to re-sign him, why wouldn't you trade him right now? Yeah, the season. So this is when you when you would make a trade because you only have him for the rest of the year. If you're not making the playoffs, and I'm sorry, Duval, Jaguars are probably not making the playoffs this year. What's the point of keeping this guy if you don't have the cash, you're not re-signing him? He's played himself into a pretty nice deal. You have Walker Little, who competed all, all training camp and by all accounts had a solid camp, but Juwan Taylor just beat him out. So trade Juwan Taylor. There's a number of teams that would love to have a right tackle. A lot of teams that are, are missing a guy that need some protection for this playoff run, as well as guys that might have teams that might have a little extra money to pay him next year. So I think you, you put some feelers out. And I'll even throw in a name that you might, you know, you might not like, but – about Josh Allen, what has he been doing? I was going to bring him up next too when we shifted to the defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah, sorry. that's absolutely. Or I jumped the gun. I jumped yeah. the gun a little bit, but absolutely, yeah. I think you, you you start calling some people for Juwan Taylor before we get to defense, and you see what you see what's out there. There there is there is a premium for offensive tackles in this league. He's proven that he can play. So see what you can do. See what you can get for him. Yeah, and now. I absolutely would be trying to do that. But if I was inside the Jaguars organization and our general belief was that we did want to bring Jawan back, that we do feel confident that if we pay him this much, he's going to continue to produce at this level, even though he won't be in a contract year and have all this extra motivation built in. Um, If I was in that boat, if that's the general feeling inside the building, then I'd be looking to trade Walker Little. Because what's the point of having a second-round draft pick um, who looks like he can start a lot of places and, and not using him? Um, so that's where I'd be. I'd be looking to trade one of – whoever is not in my long-term plans starting at right tackle, I'd be trading that person. For me, I prefer to roll with the Walker Little route because he's younger, he's cheaper, um, and I think overall he has a higher ceiling than Jawan Taylor does. But – I, either way, I think you should be looking to move one of those players. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. And Walker Little, especially with the cap coming up, and you need some some positions to to fix. I think he's got it. Really makes Juwan Taylor expendable. And obviously, you want at least three good tackles because at some point one of these guys is going to go down. But I think you're going to have to find one of those guys, a younger guy, for a bit cheaper. So I agree with you. You, you already got Cam Robinson making a ton of money on the other side. You can't pay a premium for another offensive lineman with the cap situation you're in. So I like they're paying Brandon Sheriff right next to Jawan as well. So that would be your third high priced offensive lineman. And I think the way Jawan's playing, he's going to be demanding Cam Robinson money. 
Oh, he's been playing great. So he will definitely be wanting to get paid. And I think there'll be a market for him. I think there'll be a market for him and he, he's going to, he's going to get paid because that position is such a tricky position in this league. And you look at the film this year, he's done a good job of keeping Trevor Lawrence upright. Yeah. Now you mentioned Josh Allen. Let's talk about that defensive side of the ball. We can talk about the trade rumors to start with. There's been rumors that teams have called the Jaguars about Josh Allen's services and uh, that they denied a first round pick is a rumor that I've heard. I do. I have not confirmed that. I cannot confirm that, but that's the rumor I heard. Um, where do you stand on Josh Allen and what you would do about that situation? Well, he's, you know, I like Josh Allen. He's a very likable guy, but I mean, he's not changing. He's supposed to be the leader of your defense. He's not really, you know, changing games right now. I'm not seeing Josh Allen changing games. You know, in the end of the, in the, end of the game there, you have the 80-yard drive, the 98-yard drive. Yeah, I didn't see Josh Allen anywhere. And obviously a lot of those, you know, aren't necessarily his fault, but I don't see this guy changing games. So are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to try to franchise him, pick up an option? Like what's the, you know, what, what's the situation with the cap here? And if you don't see him in your future plans, you can get something for him. Obviously, like we said this year, it doesn't look like you're going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, Duval, you, the, the playoffs are out of the question right now. Unless you roll off three straight, then we can start talking about the playoffs again. and We'll start using that word. Pl- playoffs? Pl- playoffs? We can't win a game. You're, you're talking about playoffs? No. Thank you for we, that. We got Beautiful. <laughs> to set this roster up for the future. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, you got to give them more weapons. And I think trading Josh, Josh Allen would be a way to do that. Yeah, you know, I've been pretty steadfast in the idea that I think trading Josh Allen would be a mistake unless it's like for multiple first round picks. Um, until yesterday when I started looking at Tankathon, because we're, we're about at that point in the season where you start looking at the draft order and the Jaguars, the way they're playing, where they are in the standings right now, they're like in line to probably have a top five pick again this year, maybe even higher than that. If you're able to trade Josh Allen for a first round pick, a high first round pick, trade him to a team that's not great, which that might be hard to do because teams that aren't great usually aren't buyers, right? You'd mm-hmm. probably be trading him to a contender. So that complicates things further. But if you were able to get a big time first round pick, or even any first-round pick for Josh Allen, and you go out and get a premium edge rusher at the top of the draft, and that's a player you're not going to have to pay for four years, five years. Yeah. And then you draft a receiver with that second first-round pick that you're able to pick up in that trade. I could see that being a more beneficial route to go than than keeping Josh Allen around and paying him and, and all that stuff. But – I will say, I think Josh Allen, uh, the reaction that I've seen from some some folks that cover the Jaguars about his performance yesterday, I think it's totally overblown. In the first half, he was getting chipped or doubled on almost every drop back, and he was still moving Russell Wilson off of his spot. Yeah. What, what you did say, though, that resonates with me and that I agree with, where was he at the end? Where was he at the end of that game? Because they really, they kind of stopped doubling him towards the end of it. And it was kind of just some one-on-ones with the third string left tackle that he didn't get the job done late. And so I'm like, well, 
you were getting it done in the first half. Where is it now? And I think that's kind of a, you know, embodiment of this entire team right now, the entire team. It's like, where do you go at the end? Man. Yeah. That's uh, unfortunately that seems to be the excuse. And then, you know, Andre Cisco, where's your help over the top? Trey Herndon supposed to be fast. You just get burnt down the field. And I mean, that's the game. So uh, there's just, it's the the old adage before you can learn to win, you got to learn how not to lose. That's how you don't leave a guy one-on-one with the fastest player on the team. Who's not a, a, a shutdown lockdown corner that you can count on with no help over the top. Looks like Cisco was supposed to be there a little bit, but yeah, I, I think that comes down to coaching and the personnel. Like you should have a corner that can handle that situation. Obviously Shaq Griffin's hurt right now. Uh, yeah. But could he handle that situation? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't think that, that would be the the savior there. But you, you can't give up plays like that. You got to learn how. I mean, the defense needed to step up big, and the defense gave us some good opportunities. They did, but then at the end of the game, you know, they 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 couldn't shut down that last drive. You had, had a game winning drive for Trevor, and then you had opportunity for another one, obviously, before he threw the pick. You know, low and inside, he threw, he has to put that one outside. But I didn't see much from the pass rushers in these drives. So I wanted to see them really change the game. You know, you got to get first round pick. You got another first round pick. You got these big guys up front. All right, perfect time to get a sack. And I know they did knock the, the Broncos out of field goal range a couple times early in the game and had some big plays. But you got to do it at the end. Yeah. And, you know, on those, on both sacks that um, Arden Key and Dewan Smoot got, and even the Trayvon Walker one, I think on every one of those plays, Josh Allen was doubled or chipped. Oh, and wow. so that is allowing those yeah. other players to eat because they're getting the one on ones, they're getting the advantageous situations. Uh, but yeah, none of the none of these players, including Josh Allen, stepped up at the end of this game. And I will say one thing. Um, the big, the big uh, Latavius Murray run at the end of the game that was in the red zone that got them a big first down, where it looked like there's no way he had any business getting that many yards. Um, Trayvon Walker lost contain, and uh, and then you look at it, the the last touchdown run they had, Josh Allen got subbed out of the game on the goal line, which I don't think should ever be the case. Um, like you need to figure out how to have Josh Allen in his spot. And they ran it right where Josh Allen lines up on the defensive right side, lined it right at that spot. And it was an easy touchdown. So I think that's some coaching stuff as well. But um, overall, I think it's too early to really judge Mike Caldwell too much because he does need another corner. He does need guys that can get the job done at a little higher level, in my opinion. But he has not been without flaws as a, as a coach on the defensive side of the ball. No, he's definitely got some improving to do. And I like some of the stuff he does with that sub package. You bring in Arden Key in and, and you got Smooth there and Trayvon and Josh Allen. And I like some of the things he does. But end of the game, one-on-one, Trey Herndon, like, like stuff like that can't happen. I don't know if you're not coaching it right. I don't know if the players just made a – it's a mental error. You can't have that happen. It literally cost you the game. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So, Mia O'Brien – does a great job covering the Jaguars here locally. She, um, this morning, she shared a little tidbit of information about 
Earlier in the season, the Jaguars brass in the front office, Trent Baalke, all these people, they thought they had their wide receivers. They thought they were good to go with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you know, and, and the like, everyone else. She's now saying that coming out of the building, there is some belief that they don't have that player. That player is not in Jacksonville. And so they could potentially be buyers for wide receivers at the trade deadline or throughout the next offseason. So I think that should be a very encouraging bit of news for Jaguars fans that are looking to get a premier wide receiver. It looks like the inside the building, they're starting to understand that that player is not here yet and that they need to get one. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, spending all that money on the receiver position, it's going to leave a hole in some, somewhere else in your roster though. So Christian Kirk making, what he's making is a number two, and then Zay Jones is number three. There's no way you can ship off those guys right now with, with obviously with the with the cap space that you got and the amount of money you're going to be paying them guaranteed dollars. But they can bring in another receiver. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a big high paid guy, but that doesn't honestly doesn't make sense right now. You're two and six. What's the point in bringing in another receiver right now when realistically? you know, the season hasn't gone the way you wanted it to. So I think you wait, you look at the draft, you look at some off-season trades, you give these guys the opportunity because there's no reason to give up capital. You're not, you don't want to give up draft capital. You don't want to give up some of this capital to get a player, unless it's a player for player trade. I don't see how you could, you could make a deal and, and justify that when you're six. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to be a buyer when you're two and six, like you mentioned. Yes. I just it's it's tough to pallet, um, you know, giving up draft picks, shelling out more money when you clearly have a team that needs to improve. And the number one way to do that in the NFL is through the draft. Um, and and you can see why the Jaguars are so bad and why they have been so bad. They don't have any of their draft picks from prior to 2021 on this team anymore. Like they get draft picks in here and they get rid of them in a couple years, seemingly every single time. Um, so you see why that kind of doesn't work, obviously. And then you just try to bring in these um, stopgap options through free agency. And those usually don't work out. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a tough situation there. And, and I think it all stems back to not hitting on draft picks and not, uh, not maintaining those relationships with those draft picks. So that's a complete organizational failure in that regard. But yeah, I would, I, when it comes to these wide receivers that they could potentially trade for before the trade deadline tomorrow, I mean, you see Chase Claypool's name out there. I definitely think he would bring a skill set that they don't have, but is he a number one? I don't think so. Um, He would be the Jaguars most talented pass catcher by far. Uh, I would give him that. And wh- what do you give up for a Chase Claypool? Is it a third round pick? Is it a fourth round pick? If you're talking about that, I might be interested in doing it. Yeah. Uh, and just giving Trevor Lawrence somebody who can go win 50 50 balls at times and, and just someone who's an elite athlete uh, to have on this offense for the rest of the year and try to get something going. Um, Brandon Cooks, I think he's just a, a, a better version of Christian Kirk. Like, yeah, I don't an know older, an older version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a vet. I love Brandon Cooks, and I think he would make Trevor Lawrence's life a lot easier. But 
But yeah, he's up there. I mean, how many years? That guy's been in the league since, I mean. Yeah, he's probably. 29. Oh, he just it? turned 29. It seems like he's been around for longer. And I think the reason is because he's been traded so much, A. Yeah. And B, he started producing as soon as he got in the league at a really high level. Yeah. Like, he's been a 1,000-yard receiver like clockwork. Yeah, it feels like this guy's been in the league forever. Yeah. I mean, he traded from New Orleans to New England to Los Angeles to Houston. Like, he's been around. Uh, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. But, you know, do I think Brandon Cooks is going to ma- magically help or make Trevor Lawrence stop making these mistakes? No, but I do think he would make your offense a lot better. I think Chase Claypool would make your offense a lot better. But I'm looking at all these guys that could be available via trade before tomorrow's deadline. Are they putting this offense over the top? I think that's the ultimate question. And then where, where they fit in long term, I think, is the more important yeah. uh, question because, like we've, you know, we stated, unfortunately, you're not making a run this year at this point unless, you know, you roll off three straight and we can we can realistically start saying, hey, they they went on three game winning streak, which is very possible. Doesn't seem likely in the direction they're trending right now, but it's possible. And they are right there. You have to admit it is possible. It is possible. They've they've lost all these one possession games, and honestly, I'll go as far to say one play, one single play has lost. You you look at the interception. You look at Philly fumbles. You, I mean, you look at uh, the Giants fumble going into the end zone. These are games that were lost in one play. That's what's so frustrating. One single play. You can argue would have changed this game against the Broncos. You throw, you run a touchdown instead of throwing the interception. This team is one of the worst offenses in the league before before Sunday, before yesterday. That team's going to crumble, and you're going to run yeah, away. Yeah, you with get up game. fourteen nothing. Yeah, you get up fourteen nothing. You have I, I don't know the yardage totals, but they were they, they didn't have anything going, and the Jaguars were moving the ball, the momentum. It took the air completely out of the Jaguars, and it breathed life right. Right into the Broncos. And you saw Russell Wilson start coming to life, coming to life, and they start making plays. One play. So it is possible that they, they go on a streak. But right now, it's the same old story. It, it is that one play. And the only thing you can you can say for certainty, there's going to be one play, two plays are going to change the game, and the Jaguars are going to lose because of it. Yeah. That's how it's been going. Five straight weeks. Yeah. It's tough to stomach. It really is. And I feel for all the other Jaguars fans out there. We're here with you. We're going through it as well. Um, but yeah, so basically it's it's a tough situation. But looking at what we've talked about here today, I think we both feel like it is not time to pull the plug or time to quit or panic on, on Doug and Trevor at all. Uh, obviously, you need to improve. We know that. But progression is not like i said it is not a straight line there's bumps and there's craters and there all the, all these different things and i just think this society that we live in these days you know instant gratification quarterbacks need to be great immediately that's just not the way it normally works no uh, like you look at jalen hurts and the way he's playing this year he had a ton of struggles last year and the year before uh, and then you find the right pieces you get in the right situation and you develop, and I think that's what they need. you need to see happen in Jacksonville, but you're just not there yet. Um, and then looking at these trade situations we talked about, should you move on from Josh Allen? Maybe if you can get first or a first plus, maybe. 
Because yeah. um, I think that gives you opportunity, like we mentioned, to go replace Josh Allen and maybe upgrade over him and upgrade the receiver room in a big way. So, uh, and the Jawan Taylor slash Walker Little, we both think whichever one you're not going to keep, try to trade that one, get some value, get some get some capital from him. So, uh, that's pretty much where we're at, right? That's it. All right, guys. So, yeah, appreciate everyone for tuning in. That's going to do it for us here today. I'm sure we'll check back later in the week. We'll try to get together again. I know our schedules have been a little wonky lately, but we um, we will uh, try to get back. We'll see if they do anything at the trade deadline and, and kind of plan out the rest of the week from there. But yeah. we'll try to get back with you all later in the week. And uh, reminder to follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself, at Jordan DeLugo. And subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also check out the show on the Jinjag YouTube channel if you want to watch the video format. We really appreciate y'all, all y'all for tuning in. Yeah, literally you, like, before. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna. I thought you forgot about us, Jordan. I got you. Um, but you know, win or lose, obviously we're two and six. We still got to hit him with a <laughs> beautiful. You know. It's not been pretty around here, but I think we we can all still come together as a community and and make the most of what has been a, a really disappointing football season so far for the Jags. But yeah, that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday and we'll be uh, we'll be monitoring that trade deadline action for sure here on Believe in Jaguars. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.